and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find me on social media at Justin Bizarro, or you can find the podcast on social media at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. Today, I have with us a very special guest. Um, we've known each other, I guess it's been like 17 years, um, which is kind of crazy now that I just threw that number out there. I kind of felt old. And, um, but I know Katie, um, and so everyone knows Katie Kuznasik has started a company called the Boots with Booch, which, and she lives in Janesville, Wisconsin, which everyone's like, how do you know her and Wisconsin? Well, when I got out of college, I spent about nine months living in Wisconsin, uh, with Eric, her now husband and they met during that nine months that I was out there and um so Katie how are you doing today oh Justin I'm doing really well and it's so good to to connect with you and have the opportunity to talk with you today and to just catch up nice to hear your voice I know it's kind of crazy so I don't know it was a transition period in my time and it's kind of funny the 17 years later where I am from there and obviously where you are from there and both you and Eric and, and so many different directions um, that we go in our lives. And, you know, Wisconsin during that period of my time, like I got out of college and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go um, run out here. And I took a job with Eric's brother, Matt. Um, and we, I worked out there and, you know, I sort of just like, this is what I want to do and I don't have a clue. So I'm going to try this. And I lived out there and opened up my horizons for lack of a better term. And, um, it's kind of a crazy story. All three of us lived together and, and my gosh, it was the coldest winter I've ever experienced in my life. And I live in Colorado right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe uh, when you said it was 17 years, Justin. I'm like, no, there's no way. But you are, you're totally right. Yeah, it was. Um, that was the time Eric and I had known each other for a while before that. But we had just started dating. You're right. Um, when you all were living together, so I got to see you every time I would swing over and see Eric at his place above that Edward Jones. It was so great in Elkhorn. And, uh, yeah, I think you and I uh, got to spend some time together, too, hanging out. I always enjoyed that, Justin. Yeah, and it was one of those things. It was like um, when I got out of college and I moved out there and was living with you guys and I was working with Matt, you know, it, it's a weird thing. I We were working long hours and long days and even half on half days on Saturdays. And it just instilled a work ethic um, on top of the work ethic I already had growing up on a farm. But it was a cool experience just because I had so much fun, you know, with you with you guys and, and Eric and Matt. And, you know, they can't they both grew up in Wisconsin. And I did you grow up in Wisconsin as well? I did, yeah. I actually grew up in northwestern Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. I'm, it's starting to come back to me. And we just had this, you know, three-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment yeah, above, um, uh, what was it? You said it before. An, what was, an Edward Jones yeah, financial that's, advisor. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I forgot about that. I forgot there was <laughs> something below. Gosh, what a crazy time. Um, but it snowed. 
literally these two snowstorms and I had this four Taurus SHO at the time. And oh, the, that's right. And that got buried in the snow both times, like literally these snowstorms. And I'm like, is it always snow like this? No, it only happens about once a year. Well, no, it, I think actually it happened maybe three times where uh, it snowed that much. But twice the car was just totally buried in the snow and I couldn't get it out. And, um, you know, the fish fry Fridays and the, the prime rib Saturdays and the, oh man, it was just, I'm bringing back burger Tuesdays and all the fun things we did out there. And, and Eric was working as a bartender at the, at Lake Geneva. And that was cool as well. We spent a lot of time there and just what a, what a great time. So yeah, yeah. now that everyone's tired of us uh, catching up on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, Katie, tell us a little bit about, I know, your business, um, well, and how you got to where you are. What made you want to start the Booch Witch and, and take it and make it into a business? And you're just starting. But I really want to talk about it because I love the concept. And tell the audience how to find you on social media. So give us the whole rundown. Oh, well, uh, thank you so much, Justin. Yeah, so I kind of fell into kombucha the way that a lot of people do like you. I saw it when I traveled out to the coast, um, you know, being born and raised in Wisconsin. I, you know, have a job I love in uh, southern Wisconsin and higher ed uh, that take, lets me travel. Um, and you, you get to try new things. Well, I stumbled on kombucha and I'm like, what is this? This is great. And, you know, it, it was at a period in my life where I was really working hard on you know, some physical and mental health goals. You know, I was working out on a regular basis. I was, you know, trying to avoid processed foods and and just be better and kinder to myself. Um, And I really just loved it. You know, instead of having a Coke or a, you know, Diet Pepsi or whatever in the afternoon, I started drinking these and I felt better about it, you know, because it was healthier for me. And, um, you know, it, it honestly, it didn't taste great at first. It kind of was, it took me a little bit to get into it. Um, but the more I experimented with different flavors, the more I liked it. Um, the problem was, is, you know, when I could find it around here in the Midwest, it was for, you know, between three fifty, four, four and a half dollars a bottle. And so that really started to add up. Um, you know, I did some researching online and looked into brewing kombucha on my own. Um, and I actually uh, turned to my brother-in-law um, has brewed kombucha on his own for several years. He's a, um, an ethanol uh, plant manager in southern Minnesota and um, you know, so we kind of talked about how to start and I decided to give it a shot on my, uh, on my birthday in uh, May of 2017. And, um, you know, it took a lot of trials and errors. Um, I remember the first couple of brews I made, um, you know, I, I really needed to learn how to be patient and, and to just let the process work. Um, but gosh, I have saved so much money in the process. And that's a wonderful thing about making kombucha at home. 
You know, but uh, another really great thing is that this has been a, a really healthy hobby that I've enjoyed. And I can create these own custom brews based on whatever I want or whatever's in my garden or whatever I have extra of laying around at home. Um, and as I've learned this and I've, I've um, developed these flavors and shared it with my friends, they've asked to come over and, and learn how to make kombucha themselves. And a couple of them was like, you know, you should really just teach a class about this. Like there's a lot of people that would be interested. So I'm actually working on my MBA and, you know, I decided that, Hey, maybe I should give it a shot. Maybe I should see what this is like. Um, so Eric and I, uh, he's my partner in crime in all aspects in life. So love of my life. That's an accurate uh, statement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wonderful man. Uh, if anyone gets the opportunity to meet him, they will be very pleased. Um, you know, so he and I have been brainstorming a lot of things about this. You know, he developed his own business, started from the ground up, and has been successful because he treats people well, and he and I share the same values. So, you know, we approached um a local uh, natural food store in town in Jamesville. It's a co-op, cooperative store. And uh, they were all on board for to host my first class, which is coming up February 22nd. Um, so that is a very long version, I guess, of how this all got started. No, I mean, that was actually a short version because now I'm really going to dive into it. Um, <laughs> what, but before I go into it, where can they find you on social media? And uh, do you have a website? I do. I have a wonderful website, bootswitch.com. And uh, you can find me at uh, on social media on the same, on Facebook and Instagram at Bootswitch. Okay, so and yeah. go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to ask how you came up with the name. Oh, well... <laughs> Um, you know, it's uh, that's a, another great story too. Um, Eric and I, uh, well, you, Eric, he's a he's a great guy to hang around with. And anyone who has made kombucha knows that you know you need to take there's there's a weekly investment of time into the brewing process. It isn't terribly complicated or you know terribly intimidated intimidating but uh you know it, it takes an investment of time so for me um when i usually do my my kombucha brewing is on sundays and he and i just taken that time to just hang out and catch up and chat on things in the process um and you know he started calling me the booch bitch and it was it was just kind of funny like Oh, it's the booch bitch time. <laughs> so, you know, we just, like, you know us. We just laugh about stuff like that. And yeah. uh, so I, I actually developed and registered for that LLC. Um, discovered that maybe the booch bitch was a little too aggressive for some folks in the customer <laughs> market. Yeah. And, and decided to go with the booch witch, which, I, you know, both Eric and, and I and all my friends and I thought was real a great play on words and real accurate, you know, to kind of describe the process and, and how making kombucha goes from really basically sweet tea to this incredibly effervescent drink in, in a couple processes. So, you know, really in the end, 
maybe the Booch Witch is the best name of of them all. <laughs> That's the story. I know, and it, and I'm gonna. Well, there's two things I want to say. One is I can think about this awful drink that we had a drink when I was in college when I was pledging a fraternity, and it was called Witch's Brew, and it was just terrible. But it's the same idea. It's just concoction of different things, and witch's brew was what they called it, which is kind of what you're doing. You're making a witch's mm-hmm. brew. It's just kombucha. And the other thing is, is when you said that you and Eric just make each other laugh, and, and that's what you guys do. And I always remember hearing you guys laugh when you were together in the apartment when we were in Wisconsin. It was just like, and it's weird. I didn't. It's not something I've thought about in 17 years. But now that you just said it, I mean, I have just such a clear distinction, and I can actually hear it in my head. Um, hearing you laugh now about you guys just laughing and, and having a good time, and you know, Eric yeah. is just such a down to earth, honest human being, and authentic, and and also vulnerable, and just so much fun, and so many laughs, and just you know the right temperament of seriousness and and joking around and being jovial and it just was I mean it was really incredible time I think about you guys seriously all the time and it's just you know out of all the experiences that I've had um, since I've graduated it's actually been like just such a growing experience that I remember so much so I love that so all right, Kay, let's dive into this a little bit. So I, you don't need to give us all of your secrets, but I mean, explain <laughs> to me the process of making kabucha. So you're in your home, I mean, and you're obviously going to teach a class on it, so I don't want to give away all your secrets or people won't come to the class, but it's like, how do you, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, I'm like, how do you start? Because you got to start it and you ferment it, I imagine, and if you're not careful, it turns into alcohol. Um, at least that's what I've been told. So explain to us that a little bit. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of things you need to be careful with. But, um, you know, really, it's the the class is, you know, um, talking about kombucha. You know, also I'm, I'll, in all my classes, I do a little taste test where, you know, we taste a little bit of store-bought kombucha versus my own homemade kombucha. You know, that's a, another thing that I think that there's a very distinct flavor. Um, I think that homemade kombucha can taste a lot better and a lot less vinegary than than what people might think that have maybe tried it a couple times and think it's just not for them. But there, you know, there's a lot to the process and it isn't just something that you can just Google and spend 15 minutes and figure it out and then you're good. Um, you know, if, if it were that simple, I, I think that a lot more people would be doing it when, you know, when I started doing this process and, and started making my own kombucha, I joined a couple social media groups and, and there's a lot of different, there's a lot of community out there who's asking a lot of good questions, you know, and, and some questions that come up with like, gosh, I hope no one would ever do that when they make kombucha at home. Like, oh, yep, keep your tea bags in there for the whole week. You know, there's just a lot of um, misinformation out there, too, when you Google making your own kombucha at home. You know, I've been doing this. I've had a continuous brew for almost three years now. And I've, you know, I've had, I've gone through the moldy scobies. I've gone through the really gross flavor combinations. In fact, I just had one today that I will never do again. 
And, you know, so that's, that's a part of my class too, is, is talking about, you know, not only do you, yes, it, it takes a while to get it set up to even get to the point where you want to think about what flavors, but then how to flavor it the right way and how to flavor it the right way for what you like and what your family likes. You know, if, if this is a, a healthy habit that you want to start implementing in your own home, you know, if you have kids or if you have a spouse that has a specific favorite fruit or a, a, a favorite drink that they like to have, what can you do to try to model that at home? So there's a lot of uh, back and forth on that, too, and, and a lot of education. Yeah, it's interesting because I've got to imagine that it's not easy. But, you know, and I want to emphasize this because we have a lot of people that are trying to be food entrepreneurs um, or beverage entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast and are trying to learn from people. But one of the most important things you said is you didn't have you didn't go seek an education. It's not like there's a class out there. Well, now there is because you're teaching it. But I mean, <laughs> there's um, it's not like something you can just learn. And it's something maybe you can work somewhere and learn. But you went you went and educated yourself on the process. You asked your brother-in-law, you used social media groups, you, you found what resources you had um, and moved forward with it and, and taught yourself how to do it. And three years later, you know, you're still willing to experiment with flavors and profiles and see what works and doesn't work in, in learning. And I think that's just so important as an entrepreneur. I know that when we think we've made it, you know, and you, you stop trying and you're like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to push any further. That's where we slip up. But you're continuing to try new things and learn about flavor combinations that work and don't work and, and educating yourself through trial and error. And and you don't really look at it as a failure because it isn't a failure. It's just an opportunity to learn something. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you, Justin. You know, I've... Uh... Being, I know that you went through an MBA program too, and I think I'm kind of a, that's a part of the program that it has really kept with me is that, you know, if you want to be successful and if you want to try to, especially if you want to start from scratch on something, you have to try to be innovative and, and try new things. You know, it's um, flavoring is, is one way to do it. I'm also experimenting with um, alcohol, like what the ABV is when I with different fermentation settings. So that's something that I am um, currently experimenting with too. And I'm hoping, you know, in the future that I can maybe host another class on that. You know, I see a lot of hard kombucha out on the market and um, it's delicious. <laughs> the first couple of times I tried it, I thought to myself, gosh, I got to figure out how to make this at home. So, you know, um, always trying to seek out what's what's the most interesting thing and, and really what's the most interesting thing for me and my preferences. And I think that's, um, you know, another great thing about making your own kombucha at home is it's totally personal. You can make it however you want. Yeah, you know that, um, and I love that, and I think customizing it to your own flavor profile is so important. Also, the thing that I that I think is important is this is a growing trend, and um, particularly on the East Coast and some on the West Coast, we're starting to see these kombucha bars or mm -hmm. um, or kombucha pop up shops, or I even saw um, a kombucha like food truck, um, or I guess oh, it technically wow. was a trailer, 
And so, I mean, there's this growing industry and people um, are going to places for kombucha. And this kombucha bar has kombucha and it has, um, you know, food and stuff like this. And, and people are going just for the kombucha. And, you know, it's an interesting trend we're starting to see is people are going out like they were going out to a bar or a restaurant, but they're going out to experience non-alcoholic things like kombucha. But then because of that and that trend, you're exactly right. We're starting to see this almost like what we've seen with alcoholic seltzer water now is that we're going to start to see actual alcoholic kombuchas that are coming out that have the same profile. And it's, it's a really cool concept in my opinion, because that's what we're meant to do with food. We're meant to push the levels of it. We're, you know, and as entrepreneurs, we're meant to push that forward. So I think it's it's one of those cool things where we're starting to see such an innovation there, and it's so healthy. And you and I agree with you on the soda part um, and the replacement. So as a person that drinks kombucha, I know that it can sort of exchange out the sugary drinks, the sodas, and it's a much healthier version. It can exchange out, you know, the Gatorades and stuff like that. That you know, it's kombucha doesn't hydrate you. Don't get me wrong. It's, but it's something that treats your gut better, that treats your body better, um, and is healthier for you. So I, I really enjoyed that you said that. Thank you. And, you know, um, another thing you had mentioned before was, uh, the topic of the class being, um, something that you don't see that often. And, you know, that's, that's something that, I thought a lot about before filing the registration to say to Wisconsin, you know, if, if there was a class like this a couple years ago, I would have taken it in a heartbeat, you know? And, and I feel like that was at a point when no one had really heard about kombucha in the Midwest, you know, so being able to, to bring and share my knowledge is something that I really love to do with, Folks that are interested in, in starting that for themselves is something that I'm really interested in. Um, and I, I look forward to to seeing how it how it goes, seeing what other markets I might be able to pop up in. Yeah, I think it's um it's an interesting thing and you're developing a whole thing. So let's talk about the future and, and sort of where you want to take this. I mean, obviously you're just aimed in a direction you're gonna see where it goes, but I mean is there a, a plan to have your own kombucha line or, or are you wanting to stick more to the education side of it? Oh, gosh. You know, I think about that every day. I I would love to have my own kombucha line. Um, I, I really feel like I have, you know, have a good brewing process and I make some real quality kombucha with some high quality ingredients which is really important for me to, to have organic and natural as much as possible, straight out of my garden as much as possible. So to be able to implement that in a brew uh, for retail um, would be uh, an undertaking that I'd be interested in, but it's definitely not a short-term goal. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm about halfway through my MBA, so... <laughs> But to be continued. Yeah, yeah, no, and now's the time to do it while you have people around you to bounce ideas off and things like that, mm-hmm. since you do have the time in the MBA. And I think it's it's just so important that um, you follow this, like really, because 
as a person that's been in food and beverage s- since I left Wisconsin those 17 years ago, um, I've seen a lot of things develop and there's these trends that happen and, and some trends stick and some don't. But kombucha is this trend that's going to be around for a very long time. The health benefits from it, the the food as medicine trend, the the things that this is going to solve. You know, we're going to, I have a feeling we'll start to see this more in, you know, prescribed medicine as, you know, the decades go on and, um, you know, healthcare providers being like, okay, you're having issues with your, your gut and your enzyme levels, you know, try this because we are starting to see a marriage of Western and Eastern medicines, which is a good thing in my opinion, especially because food is a way to deal with that. And I'm not saying that because I want you to buy my food. I'm just saying that because it's realistically how we can be healthier. It's how we can treat our bodies better. And it's how we can have preventive medicine to, to be healthier, which is what kombucha does. It helps keep our gut, you know, clean and and pure. And I'm not saying to go drink 10 bottles a day that, that you don't want to do that, but you do want to, you do want to, you know, a bottle a day and a kombucha a day. And, you know, that balance, it's extremely healthy for you. You know, they say, you know, drink a glass of wine a day. Well, drinking a bottle of kombucha a day is, is really healthy for your gut. And we carry a lot of autoimmune things in our gut and in things related to health in our gut that have major impact, stress, so on and so forth. And kombucha helps with all that. So I love the direction that you're going. Oh, thank you. So when did you start getting into kombucha, um, actually when I moved to Colorado, uh, so it would have been now almost six years ago. Um, I started drinking it because, well, okay, I'll tell everyone a story. Um, in 2013, um, I just got Brutus, our puppy, and, um, I was, I was working out a lot and I thought I pulled a muscle in my side and, I thought I was in, I'm like, what the heck is going on? And like about three and a half days were gone by and I was in graduate school and doing my MBA and I have this puppy and he's about at the time, maybe six months old. And, um, he, and I'm sick and I don't know what's going on. And I, I'm feeling like I'm dying and I've got this pain in my side and I'm like, I just pulled a muscle what's going on. And so about 2am in the morning, I lay down on the couch because I can't sleep. And I'm like, I'm just going to watch TV. And the dog keeps, the puppy keeps jumping up on the couch. Um, And he's a Cocker Spaniel. So by, even at six months, he was kind of small. So he kind of leveraged himself off a pillow and then onto the couch. And he would keep coming up to my stomach and scratching it and sniffing it and moaning. And then I put him on the floor and he'd scratch my stomach and he'd moan. And I had, um... I had a, a puncture, like I had a, a polyp, I guess they call them, and it burst in my intestine. It was causing leakage into my system. So I was, you know, not, I wasn't doing very well. Let's put it that way. And I was not going to make it very much longer. So they, you know, antibiotics and rush me. I go finally go to the hospital because the dog basically saved my life. I'm like, something's not right here. He's been doing this for an hour and he won't leave me alone. And it wasn't like him. He's a very docile, peaceful dog and, and, you know, big teddy bear. And, um, well, by big, I mean like 33 pounds big. But it's, um, 
you know, so my gut has always been a thing. So after that, um, I started seeing that I had um, some diverticulitis and polyps in my intestines. And and so I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to die and I don't want to deal with this the rest of my life. So I started changing my diet. Um, and I had been following like a paleo style diet before that uh, for the most part. But I wasn't really sticking to it, and I was still drinking a lot of soda, and I was still eating a lot of popcorn and 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 things, and um, over the amount of fiber and and things like that was causing me some gut problems. So by the time I moved to Colorado, I started realizing that I needed to deal with this in a better way, and I needed to actually stick to a better diet um, and actually find out what I was allergic to and things like that that were causing some of the gut issues I was having and the issues with my intestines and the uh, polyps. And um, I think that's what they're calling. I'm probably saying it wrong. But um, so anyway, long story short, I went to a doctor. They basically pass electricity through your body, um, very light. You don't even feel it. And they put in the energy of the food. And um, if it comes out the same way it went in, you're not allergic to it. If it comes out and it's different, um, you're allergic to it because I knew something was going on because I was having gut problems. I, my hands, my knees, my elbows were literally peeling off. Like I'd oh, eat certain wow. foods and I get reactions and I couldn't figure out what foods it, it was. And my gut, my side would always start to hurt if I had the wrong food combinations and I couldn't get the doctors, the, the Western style doctors to get me answers. So I went to more you know, modern thinking doctor of energy and food and Eastern medicine. And and he combined Eastern and Western medicine and styles and things that they used for astronauts. And it's this whole crazy thing, which I never would have believed in normally. And so I started figuring out. Astronauts? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, the device they use is what they use for astronauts to test them before they went into space to make sure they were sending up food and stuff that they weren't allergic to. At least that's the story I was told. I don't know if it's a folklore or not, but what I do know (laughs) is that all the food he identified in there, um, once I cut it out of my diet, my gut started to heal. And um, it was very soon after moving to Colorado because I was having these weird reactions all the time. And... um, you know, things like potatoes and gluten and those things are all like in my gut. I was having, you know, extremely allergic reactions to white potatoes and weird reactions to gluten. And then if I factored in sugar, um, you know, that was somewhat of a reaction. So I was getting a reaction to sugar as well um, and random things, you know, just some random other things here and there. Um, and you know, we, we try to work through it and find out what's going on, change my diet. Um, but especially if I had any combination of sugar, gluten, and potatoes, it was like an absolute nightmare for my gut, for my stomach. And once I switched out, I was still having a little bit of gut issues. Like I didn't feel like crap. My hands do a little bit better. You can't always control it because of what restaurants uh, fry their food in. But I started drinking kombucha every once in a while to help keep my gut healthy. And literally, I didn't realize that I had been spending about 10 years of my life with this constant, like, sore in my side, like it was a cramp. And I didn't really even notice it anymore, but it was there. And then it wasn't until I started drinking kombucha that it started going away. 
And I was like, I didn't even remember that it was there or feel that it was there anymore. But once it was gone, um, you know, so mine came from the hell wow. side, but I really enjoyed it. What a it. testimonial. Yeah. Wow. So, and here's something that I really want to emphasize. So the change of the diet helped. Um, and then the kombucha, I just went, cause now I have to do, um, a colonoscopy all the time, you know. I'm 40 years old and I've had more colonoscopies than I care to talk about because of that incident all those years ago. But my latest colonoscopy, I didn't have a single polyp. It's the first time it's ever happened. And normally they don't go away. You know, they kind of stay around and they don't go away and you keep getting them and all that. And I didn't have a single one or issue down there. So that's incredible. I mean, so yeah. And, and you know, I, I say, you know, I started drinking kombucha more. It was a little more uh, superficial, I suppose. But, but really, I've noticed, you know, for, for you, that's a very serious health uh, benefit. And, and congratulations. I'm so glad that you found kombucha and that, that you're doing well. Um, you know, for me, I, I've really noticed that it helps me maintain a weight loss. You know, I work so hard in, in the gym, you work so hard, you know, adjusting your diet to, to how your body reacts to certain things and being kinder to yourself. Um, you know, it, for me, it's, I notice when I go a week without drinking, uh, which is another week and there's, you know, we all have problem areas, right? I don't know if it's like this for men, Justin, but I know, especially for me and, and perhaps for a lot of maybe women, we have these areas that we obsess over in our bodies. And for me, it was this lower abdomen fat that I could just never get rid of. Um, when I started drinking, like you say, about a bottle a day, you know, on weekdays for me, I noticed that really went away and it stayed away. And, and for me, that, that was a great boost in confidence. And, and another reason why I talked to my friends about it, you know, because this is what, this is what we all talk about, right? <laughs> These are important things, too, you know, how yeah. we feel and how we feel about ourselves. And I think it's just, and I agree with you on the, the whole weight thing. My weight balances out so much better now. And it's just so interesting. And part of it's the diet part. But the other part is, is my... Mm-hmm. My my stomach, you know, and the intestines and all that and that whole thing, it's healthier because of the kombucha and it's processing things better. And I don't know why, but when your body's in a healthier state, it's less likely to put on fat. And I read this thing um, that you reminded me of, uh, gosh, maybe not even two weeks ago. That when the body's stressed and why we gain weight when we're stressed is because the body's preparing for an emergency. It's like, okay, I'm about to have an emergency. I'm not going to get food. Store that. Store, store, store. So when we're not treating our body right, whether it's food or whatever or gut, it's in a panic mode. So it's storing away because it's preparing for that emergency or that stress because for whatever reason, our gut's in a stressful situation. And you know, it sounds like whatever in my, you know, you could say my blah, blah, blah lived for 101 years and they ate steak and potatoes every day. Well, they're an exception. They're not the rule, you know? So, um, taking care of that gut, I think is way more important than we've ever actually given credit to. And there's a lot of people doing it. So I think what you're doing with kombucha is when, 
I saw that you were doing it. I'm like, yes, this is so awesome because people do need to be educated in it. And, you know, I'm willing to bet as time goes by, there's going to be more scientific proof of the benefits of kombucha. But it's hard to argue with because I know that, like I said, that change the kombucha all the time, it makes a difference. Um, mm-hmm. So, absolutely. So, what are, I mean, let's talk about a little bit about the class and, um, and, you know, you were talking about how you want to expand it into other topics. I mean, have you start to, started to think about what that is? I mean, even like a, a Booch Witch Institute, for example, on Kabooch, I mean, there's so much potential there. I mean, we talked about the retail side of the business, but on the educated education side, because you do work in education um, and higher education, I'm just wondering if there's like some thoughts there about how this could turn into more on that side too. And then obviously, if you had a retail product and you were offering the education, they would marry each other pretty well uh, from a marketing standpoint. Absolutely. I'd love to talk with you about that. You know, this, well, you know, the class, the class, my first class that I'm starting is, um, you know, we, yes, we talk about kombucha, but then it is a step-by-step process where I bring in my brew and we walk through an entire kombucha making process. We go through every single step. So that's, you know, that's what the process is now for the class. You know, looking forward, um, and and these are in, you know, I, I'd really like to look in into grocery stores right now. I met that our local co-op, which is a wonderful place. It's a basics co-op in Janesville. Um, yeah, I'm also exploring doing private parties. That was an idea, actually, my best friend gave me was, um, you know, if there were uh, bachelorette parties or, you know, if someone, you know, just had a girls weekend um, and they wanted all to learn how to make kombucha. I could come in. Um, I am actually, hopefully, within the next few weeks, going to be adding a retail component to my website, which I am very grateful to Why the Fuss Technical Solutions for. They are, have been um, powering and sponsoring my website and marketing efforts. Um, where I'll be offering uh, starter SCOBY sets for sale, as well as premium starter kits that include a jar and all the necessities you need uh, to get your homebrew started. Right now, those are available in the local area only because the jars are difficult to ship. Um, so I'm going to get working on that. But I do have plans for retail, actually, in the very near future, Justin. Um, you know, I, you know, as far as other types of classes, I, I really like to do a um, premium flavor line. Um, experimenting with ABV and other types of elixirs um, that people might be interested in. Um, Different bottling techniques um, is always good. And, uh, you know, just uh, different types of teas. Sometimes I use uh, like a hibiscus and, uh, you know, people have their different um, thoughts and different preferences for flavors. So, I, you know, I'm looking forward to taking a lot of questions, too, from the registrants of my class um, as they go throughout the process. That's something that I think is important. Um, you know, customer service, as we know, um, and you know, is, is key for, for building your customer satisfaction and, and your um, 
you're following. So I'd really like to be available to people who have been a part of my class, offering for them to send me pictures of how their scobies are doing, how their brew, home brew is doing, and then, you know, um, maybe asking them to contribute to blog posts and such. And there's a lot of content to cover for a homemade kombucha process. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds. Well, and one of the things, well, I want to actually, before I ask this question, what is a scoby? Did I even oh. say that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's how I've been saying it. And good question. I should have addressed the scoby. It's actually like a little mushroom that sits on top of basically your sweet tea. And that's what takes care of fermenting your tea into the end product kombucha. So that's kind of this, if you could visualize it for a second, it's this squishy kind of white translucent like little moldy thing that has these yeast particles hanging from it and it floats to the top of your jar. And that's what's responsible for your good kombucha. So do this, does that happen naturally? It's not something you introduce externally? I guess. Um, so that's... What do you mean by that? I don't know. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm like, <laughs> you're saying it kind of floats to the top. So I'm like, okay, I can envision the things at the top because I'm looking at your website. So now I know what the white oh, things yeah. are at the top of the uh, mm-hmm. blog picture, those white things at the top, I assuming that's what those are. But how do they right. get there? They form on their own or it, within the process, they come in a few days or... Right. So that's, that's a part of the process. It's, it's important to have that SCOBY if you want to make homemade kombucha. You need to have a SCOBY to do that. So that's something that every person who registers for my class also gets. Um, uh, that's a, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry, Justin. Maybe I should have backed up and said that. Yeah. So that's, um, that's the magic thing that will grow eventually to look like what the one is on my website. So is it something like you split off ones that you've already made and you introduce them to new batches? There's like the mothership of the spore, for lack of a better term, the scoby. (laughs) There's the mother scoby and you sort of give pieces away so people can make the kombucha. Is that how it works? I could do that, but I actually hand raise all my own scobies that I sell for retail. Um, I have a... You know, I raise them all with love, and I give them extra special attention. So these are all hand-raised based on some very strong starter liquid that I've developed, and um, they've they've been taken very good care of. Um, So you could, I could just, you could come over to my house, Justin, and I could cut my big fat scoby up and give you a hunk too. You can do that too. But. <laughs> I see that's one of the most fascinating parts to me because it's it's the part that matters so much because you can't do the kombucha without it. And it's just oh, like right. and it's like this that's the key part and um I've heard about people passing on scoby um like literally for generations on end. And I'm like, how the heck does like the family secret, like you hide in your basement and the Coca-Cola thinks they have a secret recipe, but it's, um, (laughs) 
So I'm so fascinated by this. And it's just like, that's the coolest part to me, that there is this thing that is unique to you, that is unique to your kombucha, that's your thing. And um, that's so cool. And I love that you give it away as part of your class. Well, thank you. But we have taken it one step further. So, yeah, it's unique to the Butchwitch. But as it as you use it, as you develop it in your own homebrew, it becomes unique to you. So the SCOBY picks up the taste um, from the teas that you typically use. And so, you know, it, it really becomes totally custom to you, too. That's so neat. I love I love this. I love the Scoby. I need a poster that says I fucking love the Scobies. <laughs> I should get you a hoodie with it. Yeah, that Big would be picture. great. I know. <laughs> Tell Eric if he wears it, I'll wear it too. Okay, we'll we'll discuss it tonight. <laughs> we can be the Scolby brothers. Like we've we've definitely grown into our own versions of a, um of a of a blend. I'm sure. So, um, on your website, the one the thing that I love. Well, you've just launched this this January. Um, you're writing your blogs. You have your class going. I love that you're keeping count of. You have 135 batches brewed. 56 assorted flavors you've done, 675 bottles filled, and $600 in annual savings. I think it's just such a cool way to market yourself. I really, I, you know, I look at a lot of websites. I see a lot of food just from this podcast and all the co-packing we do uh, in my business. And I just think that that's so well done. No one actually quantifies what they're doing where it makes sense to someone and you're doing that right away and it's one of the first things you see as you start to scroll through your website and um Uh, it's just it's a cool thing and um so i really like that and thank you i like the colors and things like that so i mean how did you come across um I mean, a boots witch, obviously you want a witch sort of as your logo, but how did you come about uh, doing your logo and why are in the booch is the O's intertwined? <laughs> Good question. Um, well, first, I would like to back up to the quantification on my website. I really appreciate you <laughs> appreciating that. That was a suggestion of Eric uh, at Why the Fuck Technical Solutions. He built my website. And he said, I think we should do something like this. And, you know, he's had a lot of experience helping, um, you know, firms get their websites established. You know, so I've been taking as much of his advice as he gives me. So we actually sat down and, um, you know, I took out my Excel spreadsheet because I'm an MBA student and we did the math and figured out all this stuff. Um, I wanted to do a bottle of broken graphic, (laughs) but uh, couldn't couldn't figure that one out. Um, The logo um, came to me, um, you know, I, it's kind of a long story, uh, but had a one of, another one of Eric's friends actually helped me out with the logo as a graphic designer from Eric's uh, days at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. So um, asked him to help me uh, with his lend lend his professional eye. I gave him a bunch of ideas of what I wanted to do and what I liked and you know the colors I liked and what I didn't like and um, he came back at me with 
was a great idea and, and I really just loved it. So I just kind of <laughs> took the ball and ran with it. Uh, the people around me have been really good to me and helping me um, get this thing off the ground. I, I'm really appreciative. Yeah, I um, when I actually saw it on social media, when I connected and I'm like, oh, she's doing this. And then I saw the logo. I thought it was so true to you. And I really love that because a lot of people design logos that they think will appeal to other people. They don't actually design their logo in the perspective of, of them as the entrepreneur and what appeals to them. You know, they kind of try to tell a story with it or do whatever. But yours, I feel, is like so true to you. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is Katie. I can't like I feel it just from knowing you that I'm like, wow, this is really incredible. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, she did a great job. And I, I, yeah, I think it's amazing. And so just to, to just talk about it again, so why um, the, the O's are just intertwined because... They're just intertwined. It, it was... Uh, they look was, like an infinity uh, symbol almost. It does. It does, right? You know, I, I didn't... Tony Buns was, was my graphic designer. Does, he does such an exceptional job with all of his work. I don't know why he did it. It looks great, though. I saw it, and and I liked it. You know, it kind of, to me, it just reminded me of just rings on a table. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's yeah. a really cool thing, and I'm like, it just, I don't know. It's It makes sense in a weird way, and I'm just like, oh, gosh, I wonder why the thing, but he just did it, and it looks good, and um, it actually He's helps. Brilliant. It fit. Yeah, and I like the difference. I mean... I've been spending a lot of time with logos lately um, in our own businesses. And just, I like the two different texts, you know, the, the is different than the booch, which in the way you intertwine the O's, it sort of helped stack it on top of uh, the witch word. And it's, it's kind of cool. So props, I think, you know, so I want to give a plug to Eric just because I know he helped you with the website. Do you just want to tell everyone what, again, what the name of his company is and and what his name is? So if anyone's listening in, he's a great resource. This website's amazing. So I want to give him a plug, if you don't mind. Oh, I will talk about how wonderful my husband is for as long as anyone will let me. Um, Eric Kuznasek is the owner of Why the Fuss Technical Solutions which is a web development company uh, based in Janesville, Wisconsin. He helps um, organizations of all sides with their um, website presence and with um, some of their online marketing efforts. Um, He's established this business. He's a solo entrepreneur, um, started this in June 2013, um, and is, you know, really doing an exceptional job. He provides wonderful customer service and he also hosts websites too. Um, he does a lot of work that he'll tell me about and I just nod my head and I'm like, oh yes, that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense to me. I know that whenever someone's website is broken, they call Eric and he gets it figured out. He does a lot of great work for everyone around here. That's pretty Why cool. the fuss technical solutions? And it's a, he's got a great logo too. You know, we're talking about that. It's WTF question mark yeah. is his logo, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, and I love it. What the fuss? And yeah. uh, it's just. <laughs> why the fuss? Yeah, or why the fuss? Sorry. 
Why the fuss? <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry, I'm reading it right in front of me, and I still mispronounced it or missaid it. Yeah. So, so, Katie, while we're you know starting to you know wrap this up, one is is I would love to get you back on after you do the class to do a part two to talk about how that went and what the experience is and sort of you know try to talk to you more about it and promote that more and sort of as an entrepreneur get get into it with you and sort of understand the learning lessons and what you would do difference and what worked and what didn't work just from the mind of an entrepreneur as you're experiencing this journey. Um, and I think the audience probably is going to take interest in this as well. Um, because, um, we did, we have had one kombucha company on here and we didn't really dive into the details. And I know everyone's always asking about kombucha or when I'm going to get another kombucha company on some of the fans. So, I think this is really going to appeal to them because it's more than just a kombucha company. It's the ability to do it themselves as well as you possibly launching into the kombucha business uh, on the retail side yourself. So that would be pretty fun if you're interested in doing that. Oh, absolutely. I would, uh, I would really actually appreciate that opportunity, Justin, you know, to be able to kind of do a postmortem, you know, someone like you and, and to talk about those things and talk through them. You know, I've, I've found that the, the best work that, you know, I can do as a person or professionally or what have you is, is when I involve other people in making the decisions and it's just a better end product. Um, yeah. So I would love, I would love to catch up again and, and talk more about this. I, because I don't want it to end with just this. Um, I've got yeah. this great logo and I've got this great website. I, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to things, Justin. Yeah. Well, I want to tell your story and I, you know, all the entrepreneurs we get on here, I want to tell your story, not just a, a glimpse in time, but tell the whole thing as you experience your journey for sure. And with that being said, we'll, we'll make sure that as we get off and we'll connect through, uh, social media. And now that I have your cell phone number, we can text as well, but mm-hmm. As we're wrapping up here, the the most important question of them all is which are your favorite flavors of kombucha that you've you've brewed so far? Oh, okay. Favorite flavor is hands down. I made this one and I did it with a collaboration with a great friend Joanna. And I had blood orange, some really good local honey, and a bunch of pomegranates. And I Squished them all together, and I let it. Oh gosh, that was the most delicious one I've ever had. <laughs> I called it blood burst and honey. Well, that sounds delicious. It really was. That was memorable. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, those are all great things. And um, and so, what would be your second favorite? Mm, second favorite. I love to garden. I love, I love to garden and anyone who has grown their own mint knows that you will usually have an exceptional amount. So I really like, uh, in Wisconsin, you can get fresh strawberries, um, usually the end of June. I love a fresh strawberry with fresh mint from my garden. That's just fantastic. Well, that reminds me of like watermelon and mint as well i've had a kombucha that is watermelon and mint that just blew me away i've not tried strawberry mint kombucha yet but i had um a watermelon mint and i was like blown away by it i'm like watermelon kombucha that's interesting 
and actually on a total side note i've been seeing watermelon water all over the place recently so i guess that that's becoming quite a popular thing but um and just regular watermelon kombucha which um you know i don't know how things ferment but i'm like do the melons actually ferment properly and so i'm like they just are water based but you know i i don't know anything about it so we can talk about that next time. That's going to be one of my topics. I'm going to make a note here that we need to talk about can you make watermelon kombucha and how easy is it based on that it breaks down since it's so water-soluble. But maybe. Who knows? You know what, Justin? I could, like, I could make one. You could. I could. I could. I could make a, I could make a bizarro blend. A bizarro and I could blend. See, <laughs> I could make watermelon kombucha. We could see what it's like. Uh, that'll work. <laughs> you, okay. And, and I'd even good. be honored if you named it after me. Bizarro blend. I know it would Bizarre. be like. I know now that you, if there's the booch witch, you got to have the booch wizard, and so I don't want to take that yes. one. So bizarro will work. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, and Katie, thank you so much for coming on on such short notice, and I really oh, appreciate wow. it so much that we got to connect and and catch up after all this time and. I know we go back and forth and follow each other on social media all these years, but it's great to actually talk to you. And please tell Eric I say hello, and maybe next time he'll join us for a little bit of the podcast when we do part two. That would be wonderful, Justin. I will tell him uh, hello, but really thank you so much for the opportunity for reaching out and for hosting me on your podcast. And happy one-year anniversary to you as well. I saw that on LinkedIn. Uh, your podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even know it posts on there. Like, it's one of those things where I've built this thing over time. I don't even know, like, where it even syndicates anymore. It's like it syndicates across all these podcast channels and, and avenues across the world. And, like, I'll get a question from, like, someone in India. And I'm like, well, and from one, some random syndication, I'm like, I don't even remember signing up or syndicating it onto that one. But it's a pretty cool experience, so I appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and uh, have a great day. And Katie, again, thank you so much. It was, it was so good to catch up with you. And, um, you know, it's like, we, it's like we're back 17 years ago, and uh, the, the apartment and everyone's laughing and having a good time and telling stories. So I appreciate the uh, throwback. I appreciate it, Dustin. Thank you so much. Thank you.